Psalm 111 declares God's works in creation. Hence, this psalm is entitled, The Creator's Praise. Four times in ten verses, the psalmist praises God's creative works. As believers remember God's works, they will be reminded of His glory and honor. And in turn, we will worship Him with our whole heart. We're going to divide this psalm into three parts. Verse 1, a summons to praise. Verses 2 to 9, the subjects of praise. And then finally, verse 10, the source of praise. So let's begin with the summons to praise in verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart, in the company of the upright and in the assembly. Now, verse 1 opens with, the, with an imperative. We are commanded to praise the Lord. The Hebrew word here transliterates into English as hallelujah. We are to praise God. But how? How do we praise God? We are to praise God with our whole heart. And notice that praise is giving thanks to God. Now, our whole heart implies that our entire person, our entire being, is involved in praising God. You know, we engage our mouths, we engage our minds, we engage our thoughts, we engage our will, we engage our intellect. Think about other ways in which we can involve our body in worshiping God. Even the look on your face when you're in worship. You know, what do you look like when you're worshiping? Are you sitting there looking like you're at a funeral? Are you sitting there, you know, excited or happy or thrilled or joyful? Okay, you know, genuine praise doesn't come from uh, somebody who looks like they're mourning the loss of their pet dog. Praise is genuine joy, happiness for what God has done. And we're all commanded to praise the Lord. Again, I struggle to understand how believers have a litany of prayer requests, but have very little to praise God for. We are to praise God with our entire being. You know, and so, you know, even in our, in our worship, which is to be an act of praise, uh, you know, it's more than just sitting there ho-hum, counting down the minutes until the service is over. Uh, worship should fulfill the first commandment to love God with all our heart, Deuteronomy 6.5. Now, where do we engage in such praise and worship? Notice again, verse 1, in the company of the upright and in the assembly. The assembly is the congregation. So the praise to God is to be corporate and public. It's to be where, when and where the righteous gather. That's where we're to be praising God. And, you know, we need to constantly test our public worship. You know, we, we need to look at our worship in church and ask, is it according to God's word? Are we worshiping in a way that conforms to God's holiness? God commands us in his word to worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, we're to worship him um, and love him with all of our strength, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, our soul, etc., etc. Uh, you know, again, we need to be engaging our entire being in worship, in praise. And here's a good standard to start with. Are you giving thanks when you worship, when you praise God? Listen, you know, and, and praise is more than just, well, I praise the Lord for X, Y, and Z. Every Christian ought to have something, you know, on a regular basis to praise God for in that way. But, you know, even when we lift up our voice in song, it's to be praised to God. You know, how do you sing to God? You know, you don't have to have the best voice. You don't have to be able to carry a tune. But we're supposed to lift up our voice in joyful praise to God. 
So here we see again in verse 1 uh, that we are to give praise to him, give thanks to him with all of our heart when we're gathered with the people of God. Are you praising God with your whole heart? When you worship God, what are you doing? Are you really engaged in it or are you just going through the motion? Do you long to worship with God's people or is it just simply a chore for you? Now let's go to verses 2 through 9 and look at the subjects of praise. Great are the works of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. Splendid and majestic is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He has given food to those who fear him. He will remember his covenant forever. He has made known to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are truth and justice. All his precepts are sure. They are upheld forever and ever. They are performed in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Again, the basic theme of this psalm is the works of the Lord, God's creative works. Uh, his works are great. And notice, they are to be studied. We are to study God's word, but we're also to study God's works. What are God's works? Anything that he has done. You know, not just miracles, you know, but the very acts of creation. When we look at the stars, we ought to see the work of God and praise him for it. When we look at the trees, we ought to stop and see that's God's work and praise him for it. When we see the, the sand on the beach or the snow on the mountain or the, or, or the frozen pond or the uh, tossing waves of the sea, all of that is the work of God. And how often when you see those things, do you actually take a moment to lift up your voice and give thanks to God for those things? But yet that's what we're commanded to do. And not just to look at them, but to study them. You know, have you ever taken the time to study the process by which uh, a tree absorbs energy, photosynthesis? Well, I'm not a scientist. Well, you don't have to be a scientist, but you, you can certainly find Google something or get the Encyclopedia Britannica and look up how does a tree absorb light or what does a tree, how does a tree function? And again, not because you're going to be a scientist per se, but so that you can understand, so that you can study God's work. Because when we study God's work, we see his power, we see his strength, we see who he is. Uh, his works are splendid, are majestic, they're glorious. And the Lord is gracious and compassionate. You see, when we look at those works of God and understand all those things and what they do, and, and that's where basically all of creation was made for us. He made all of this for us so that we could be cared for, so that we would have enjoyment, so that we would have pleasure, so that in turn we would worship him, that we would see him as gracious and compassionate. In verse 4, the psalmist explains God's work that he does so that we will remember what he has done. He made his wonders to be remembered. God did these things not so that we would go ho-hum, but he did them so that we would remember him. And really, God's works reveal his attributes. You know, there, there's too often that we, we have this mentality, this mindset that, you know, well, all I need is God's word. Well, yeah, we, we have God's word, but it's not enough to just know God's word. Because the heavens declare the glory of God. The, 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 yes, we have the revelation of God in his word, but there's also the revelation of God in creation. And we are missing so much about God if we're just learning about God in his word. 
We also need to see God in his works and what he has done because they are as much revelation as the document. Now in verse 5, he has given food to those who fear him. You know, God provided Adam and Eve with everything they needed. There wasn't anything they wanted for in the garden. God provided it all. He made a covenant with them. The works of his hands are truth and justice. Now, think about this, because Adam and Eve had a covenant with God. God would do this, this, and this for them. But what did they do? They disobeyed. They disregarded God's covenant. And so he had given them truth. He's truthful to his word, and because he's truthful to what he says, his justice had to kick them out of the garden when they disobeyed and despised his covenant. He kept his word. Nonetheless, God still worked on their behalf, and he provides them redemption. The psalmist continues, his precepts stand fast. His precepts stand fast. Uh, Those precepts are sure. They're trustworthy. Uh, They endure forever. And, uh, you know, just as we can look at things in creation, we look at God's word and the testimony of God continues on and on. Even when the grass withers and the flower fades, God's word endures forever. His works, including the work of redemption, proves that he will keep his covenant, even when we disobey and disregard it. Uh, he, whatever he commands to be forever will be forever. Verse 9 concludes, holy and awesome is his name. God's name, God's character, and we know God's character based upon his works, shows us that he is unique, he is separate, he is holy, he is set apart from all others. His name is awesome. His name should invoke terrors. The name Yahweh ought to invoke terror from his enemies, but it ought to invoke wonder from his people, from his friends, from his family. And again, we get to know Yahweh when we look at his creative works. Now, verse 10, the source of praise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. We're to become wise. How? By fearing God. What does it mean to fear God? It means to reverence him, to have awe for who he is. Uh, And when we have a proper reverence, and again, and awe, but again, how can you reverence somebody you do not know? Well, I can know about God and his word, yeah, but look at what he's done. When you see his power on display, that ought to cause you to be in awe of him, to reverence him. And when you do that, you'll have a better understanding of who God is. And guess what? It ought to begin now. Don't wait till eternity. You start now praising God. And praise God today, tomorrow, and throughout eternity. When we know the God who works, the God who reveals himself in what he does... We'll understand we're not worshiping a dead idol. We're worshiping the living God. We're worshiping the mighty king, uh, the God who works. And besides his creative work, consider some of his other works. He saves us. He delivers us. He heals us. He provides for us. He rescues us. uh, You know, he reigns over us. He is a God who is working in our lives. Father, we come to you. uh, We come to you through Jesus Christ our Lord, our Savior. And Father, while we have your word, we have missed out on so much more of you because we haven't stopped to consider your works. Uh, Your works show, demonstrate, prove the veracity of your word. You said this, but we also can see that you've done it. And so, Father, I pray that you would renew in us a desire to look at creation, to look at your creative works around us, and to study them, to look into them, 
And in doing so, Father, not to just gain head knowledge, but to look at these things, Father, and be moved to worship you, to be moved to praise you, to lift you up above all others and all else, to give you thanks for who you are and what you've done. Because, Father, when we see your power in those works, we're going to know how powerful you are in the work of salvation. And so, Father, renew within us a desire to study not just your word, but your works. And in doing so, Father, may our, may our praise endure forever and ever. Amen.